You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And we're back. It's an all do keep it. Kara, what it do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming. <laughs> um, where's my champagne? Yeah. Uh, it's too early. <laughs> Have you prepared any speeches to throw at like John Favreau about how you're so glad he never got on this show while you were here, etc.? I mean, man, really really piling on on John. Um no, you know, I my one regret remains Tommy Cakes. Oh, sure. I'll forever, <laughs> forever wish I hadn't to said that. Fair, I, yeah, I believe I started it and I, I forced you all to enable it to keep happening. So yeah. I, yeah, that's on me. Yeah. Uh, but wow, what a moment. I know. Yeah. <laughs> We've had, oh yeah, Love It came on. Yeah, Love right. It's been on. Yeah. Um, Tommy's been on is, multiple times. Is Favreau, is the secret that John Favreau is replacing me? Yes, yes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I would never allow that. He's never seen a movie before. It wouldn't be right. I know, right? He'd <laughs> be like, what are we talking about here today? Yeah. A star is born again? Cardi B what? <laughs> Cardi B over there. Uh, but yes, your last episode. And this is going to be... Jam-packed. Uh-huh. Jam-packed. Yeah. There, a lot happened. This past week, we are going to talk about Whoopi Goldberg versus Bella Thorne, of all people. Before we, Bella Thorne <laughs> was in the hunk, the no. the vampire loves. No. What was that? What were those called? Twilight. 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 Was she in that? She was not. What? She auditioned she, for sure, but who? 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 She was in Shake It Up on the Disney Channel. With Zendaya. That's why she's that's famous? How, that's how they both got their start. And that's why she's famous? Yes. Has she been in another large franchise movie? Am I thinking of someone else? No, she's discussed on Who Weekly a lot. If is, that gives you an idea am I of thinking, Bella Thorne. Did I think she was in Twilight because the character's name is Bella? That's yes. exactly That's right. what I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> got it. She's also a Romanian gymnastics coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will also be talking about everyone's favorite screenwriter, Max Landis. Woof. I know. Um, Those of us on Twitter have been up on this for a year or so. I know, right? Uh, we'll By that, get, I mean a decade. <laughs> we'll get into that. And also, the BET Awards happened. Uh, we're going to get into that, too. Love BET. Love BET. Love BET. Yep. <laughs> I actually did used to think it was called BET as a kid. Hmm. They but, said their name a lot on that station. Yeah, right. It was hard to miss, I feel. Well, you know, I couldn't. I was drunk a lot. Oh, as a child. Yes, Got it. as a child. Uh, also, we will be joined by Whitney Cummings today. Um, Full of jokes. I enjoy I her so much. Yeah, she's amazing. And we'll talk about how I had a crush on her Whitney co-star Malik Pancholi from 30 Rock. And mm. now he's married, not to me. Think uh, about that. Well, 
maybe you can go after him still. I am ruthless, so I wouldn't yeah. put it past me. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll be right back. Last Sunday, the one and only friend of Keep It, Regina Hall, hosted <laughs> the BET Awards. Slayed it. She was great. She opened it up with her own Beachella. She did. Yeah. And the award show since 2001 has been a celebration of Black culture across many platforms. And I love the BET Awards because... Celebs go to that. Yeah. yeah. It was you know? also, it was, it was cute. This, you know, BG in the past, they've not always nailed this award show. Uh, and this year they like really got it together. It was like the performances were great. There wasn't a glaring technical difficulty, which has been a hallmark of that show. <laughs> um, like it was. Didn't go on too long. No, it was like, and it was super entertaining, which like for a show where like the awards are there's not like that. It's not the Oscars. You're mm -hmm. not like, oh my God, who's winning the BET award. You just need it to be entertaining for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it did exactly that. Yeah. Um, I really love the fact that they had so many female rappers there this year too. Mm -hmm. You know, just the category was stacked. Lizzo and, killed and it. And her performance was amazing. And Rihanna... Um, sort of standing her during that whole performance, giving her a standing ovation was so cute. Also, I mean, I've never just linked in my head Rihanna and Mary J. Blige before. And for her to introduce Mary J. Blige was just rad as hell. Like, yes, exciting. Also, any appearance from Rihanna, just speaking in general, I'm just inherently so grateful for. Yeah. I, she still has like such mystique to me as a person. I'm like, what will she say? What is her personality really like? You just know, chilling in a leather jacket too. Just and a very head cash. To toe Fenty. Yeah. It's just very cash. I love her. I also love the idea that <laughs> she and Mary J. Blige are like cool like that. Yeah. Cause you know, like you imagine like Mary, maybe like I imagine for an award like that, she requested someone to, you know, present mm. that to her and that she like, like Rihanna was her girl, I think is so fun. Yeah. There was also, there's something about Mary J. Blige winning like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Is that what that was? Yeah, like an icon. Yeah. Where it's like, almost everybody I think knows her big hits, but there's something about that room where everybody knowing every word to all the songs was just exactly right. It was just so much fun to see. I love it. And she and Lil' Kim performed what may be my favorite song. Oh, really? I Can Love You. Yeah. yeah. I That's your I favorite Mary J. Blige song? Yeah. Uh, and maybe my favorite song. Oh, wow. Yeah. I told uh, Mary J. Blige that once during like press stuff for um, Mudbound. And she was like, oh, really? <laughs> I, I also love, I hope this trend continues, which is artists. And it's sort of what happened with Dolly Parton at the Grammys, where the person who's getting the award does their own sort of tribute because almost no one, Thank like, God. Who, who, <laughs> like who would have done the Mary J. Blige one any real justice Probably mm -hmm. no one. Came like, out. Yeah, like when Dolly Parton, <laughs> when it was at the Grammys, like I forgot who did the Dolly, like when Miley did and whatever, you were like, oh, Dolly, and then Dolly Parton performed, like, oh, this was so much better. She should have just done the whole thing herself. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much in favor of artists doing their own like tribute performances when they get these awards. Yes. You know, we should have just 
brought Prince back from the dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forget that the BET Awards were the ones that shaded Madonna with. After Madonna did a performance at the Billboard Awards, her nothing yeah. appears yeah. performance BET Awards or the BET tw- uh, tweeted like, "We saw that." One big thing that came out of the awards was Tyler Perry um, gave this speech um, where he announced that he's creating a streaming service with BET called BET Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to debut in the fall with a handful of original productions, as well as his prolific <laughs> library of movies and TV shows. But in his speech, I really like the point where he mentioned, you know, when I started hiring people like Taraji and Viola Davis and Idris Elba, they couldn't get jobs in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he was able to give black actors an opportunity, you know, and he said, you know, while... Everyone was talking about Oscar so white, you know, he was building his own table in Atlanta um, and made a point to mention that Tyler Perry Studios was once a Confederate army base. Okay. And, you know, he's he's rewriting history. <laughs> you know, Tyler Perry is such an interesting beast because beast? like I think you How know, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> when I think of his mo- like I think of his movies and I think of oh it's Thanksgiving or Christmas and I'm with my whole extended family mm-hmm. and like we're watching a Tyler Perry movie right and you know the quality of the movies absolutely varies yeah. and he's someone where I don't and I think he has fucked up things before like what was the one where he like punished that woman by giving her AIDS Oh my God! It was uh, the one that like Kim Kardashian was in, and yes, I think and Brandy. Jer- yeah, it was Brandy. Uh, no, it was wasn't Journey Small? Oh yeah, Journey Small. But um, Brandy Smollett, was yeah. was Brandy in it? Who knows? But he he doesn't always get that right, and so I'm like, I find his material difficult sometimes. However. You cannot deny what he has done for black actors, what he has done as a black creator, what he has built. Like the fact that he owns his studio mm-hmm. in Atlanta is pretty fucking incredible. Um, and so he's just such a, you know, you're never, I'm never like rooting against Tyler Perry. I'm mm-hmm. always just rooting for him to be better. Like, okay, you did all, you wore the dress to get to where you are. Now you're here. Now go do the better stuff now. (laughs) Right. I I hope this um, service sort of gives him a chance to maybe pull like a Ryan Murphy. You know, I like Mm -hmm. like I like the fact that Pose is on the air. Right. Mm -hmm. Ryan Murphy can't make that show himself. You know, he couldn't have made it 10 years ago. Of course. And now he can. And that's why, you know, he has Stephen Canals and Janet Mock and Our Lady J, like real people who know this community um, able to make this show. And I would hope that Tyler Perry could sort of give opportunities to other young black artists to like make really great work because I mean, listen, he's not going to make an Oscar worthy film. He's not interested in that. Uh, what are you trying talk- to say about <laughs> Gone Girl? <laughs> uh, Forgot he yeah. was in Gone haven't, Girl. Haven't we had a conversation <laughs> on the show where like, I, you think that, Tyler Perry will be at least nominated for an Oscar. Like there could be something stunty. I'm just saying in a world where like Sylvester Stallone gets like a comeback in 2015 for a supporting role, you never know. But that's that's the thing about Tyler Perry is he is capable of so much, which is why I think when he makes something that you're like, what are you doing? 
that's why it's more frustrating because if he were if i thought that he was just untalented yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't care you're like oh you can't make shit so who cares it's like oh i know that he is capable i know that he has this wider picture in mind of like what he's trying to do and he's trying to build something mm-hmm. and so it's like because you know he he probably could be in an oscar nominated movie that's why when he puts the dress back on in 2018 you're kind of like Mm-hmm. Oh man! You- <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, and just- also, and he's like he said himself, like he he hired people like Viola Davis and Taraji P Henson. It's like so you clearly are obsessed with quality in certain ways, right? Yeah, right. like you found the best of black actors and sort of gave them this you know platform to like be megastars. You think of the black actor like. Wasn't Kerry Washington? Kerry Washington, and, right. Gabrielle Union, yeah. and Daddy's uh, Daddy's Kimberly Little Girls, Elise. which is a good movie for um, two thirds of it um, <laughs> before it jumps out the window. Um, Jumping out the window, I think, is a standard of the, of, <laughs> of, of Perry. I mean, Perryville. Realistically, though, like the number of black actresses who never would have starred in a film would probably be much lower without Tyler Perry. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and you're grateful for that. And it's also the idea that I have never denigrated one of his movies because of who it's for you know there's an audience for those movies but there's also things where it's like we don't need the rampant colorism and you know sometimes latent homophobia and you know punishing people for um having sex and just giving them aids yeah or um you know every time there's a businesswoman in one of his films like she has to be knocked down because it's like you care too much about business and not about finding a man (laughs) you know those are the things where i'm like Maybe fix those issues. Right. But, you know, what he's done is undeniable. Yeah. And it sort of ties in with some comments that Lena Waithe made recently, <laughs> um, interviewed by recent Keep It guest Kyle Buchanan for The New York Times. Mm-hmm. She was talking about black filmmakers financing others. And she was specifically talking about black financiers don't sort of make smaller black movies, she said. And she said, big black movie stars out there, they could pay for two or three or even five small independent movies to get made by black directors and writers and brought up Moonlight and 12 Years a Slave that Brad Pitt's production company put that mm-hmm. out. And she said, wasn't Denzel, wasn't Will Smith. You won't catch me making 20 million a movie and not paying for at least four or five independent movies a year. That statement almost gives me anxiety. Like, wow, <laughs> just the names are out there. What was interesting. <laughs> also, 20 million. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what was interesting. Some rare air, girl. <laughs> I know. Well, also, like. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right, right. It, right. Yeah, you, you I mean, got to make that 20 million she, movie. She has made comments about what she would certainly do if something happened, for example, on her set. Mm-hmm. And then when that exact thing happened on her set, we saw her behave a little differently, which really just speaks to like, you don't know until you're in the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it can be hard to navigate things in the industry. And, you know, you're not always going to be able to do, you know, what you're hoping that you can do, which is very easy to get people to cheer you on on social media when you say these things. But then when you actually have to implement that, it can be harder than you think. Um, And Denzel Washington, you know, does put his name on, you know, black movies. He's making this August Wilson. Yeah, Ma Rainey's Black. Ma Rainey's Black. Fucking amazing play. And I cannot wait to see it. Also, Uh, is he just going to do the whole cycle? Jesus Christ. I think think so. I think that's the plan. Yeah. But he, it's just... Will Smith and Denzel Washington are not the... I know. Are not the name. Like, I I guess I... 
sort of understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think the criticism that she wanted to level was more that black actors and creators are so rarely given the opportunity to amass that much wealth where they can be a Brad Pitt and fund things like like that's mm-hmm. really the shame of this is that Tyler Perry and Oprah like it is a, it's not a large list of people yeah, who are like able to five do five people exactly. And so the criticism is more that, like, isn't it unfortunate that we don't have this many creators who are able to do these other things? It's not what's Denzel been doing for mm-hmm. us. That's especially for someone who's created a, a catalog of black roles yes. that is like unfucking match. Right. Yeah. Will, on the other hand, I was shocked to find out that his upcoming movie based on Serena and Venus's dad. It's his first oh, time I working for- with a black director. God, he was mm. doing that. I forgot. He's playing yeah. him, right? Yeah. First time working with a black director, but, you know, he he does like his um, ethnically ambiguous co-stars. How many movies have you been in with <laughs> Eva Mendes? <laughs> oh, God, uh, such a good movie. Also, it's good, but also no shade. I will just say that Brad Pitt also isn't financing these movies. Like right. his company Plan B is a production company. They get the movie and then they find a home for it to then give the money. Brad Pitt isn't taking money out of his bank account and making Moonlight himself. Yeah. Right. He's like, yeah, like licking his fingers, being like, this yeah. is for Solomon North. <laughs> she clarified her comments, which Made them even murkier to me, actually. She was talking um, at a um, BT Genius Talk with Jamel Hill. That was the sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, Will Denzel, I have a relationship with both camps. No shade, no tea. I was just texting Jada. Everybody's fine. But ultimately, I'm saying for anybody who has money and is black, I think should be held to finance at least one or two black filmmakers trying to make their first film. I just think it's important because then what will happen is we're keeping the well within our community. And Hill noted that the spin on the interview was about her calling out the iconic actors. And I just want to say that's not spin. She actually did call them out. And however, you know, she meant to, you know, add nuance to it in the moment. You called those actors out. Yeah. I mean, also, I would argue that we shouldn't need other black actors to finance independent films. What should happen Mm -hmm. is fucking studios and production companies should just see the value in that art and they should use the capital that they have. We shouldn't be out here. People shouldn't have to spend their independent wealth to do this. It's like those indie films don't get made because people don't value this art. So Mm -hmm. that's the problem that you're talking about. And the problem isn't fixed by a few rich people throwing money at something. The problem is fixed by re-examining the entire fucking system and why no one is fun, why the system isn't funding those films. Right. Which is all great and good to say, you know, like when Tyler's like, Oscar's so white, I'm out making my own. I'm like, that's great, but not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah. And while we're waiting for every black person in Hollywood to get their own, black people still need to eat yeah. and still <laughs> should be able to appear in films. So you have to attack both problems. And that's a thing I always hate when people are like, you know, go to our own award shows, like make our own movies. I'm like, it's, yes, yeah. but also we should not be excluded from the other ones. You mean it's not a simple solution? <laughs> Wait, don't don't give me this two things can be true thing. You know? <laughs> uh, when we're back, Whitney Cummings joins us. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, 
that was when I carried you in my barefoot dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Well, we are here. Did it just start? Now we're starting. Okay. And Hi. we're here Hi. with Whitney Cummings. Hi. Hello. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> oh I God. almost said no to this because this is one of my favorite podcasts and I don't want to ruin oh it. My oh, my God. I also took what could be a NyQuil or a DayQuil at hmm. 3 a.m. Oh, was it, you know, the like if you buy the generic ones from like a CVS, mm -hmm. they don't always specify no. which one. They just... 
And I don't always care. Here's a quill. Yeah, here's a quill. Whatever quill. A gender fluid quill. Whatever it is. We don't have labels here. We don't conform to day and night. It's like the quill roulette. Pass out at noon. Yeah, totally. So this could go either way. Um... We were talking about John Lovett before the yes, show. Yes, we were. Uh, we're not going to be too mean to him. but <laughs> No such thing. As you, <laughs> you did say you knew him uh-huh. back when he worked on 1600 Pit. I did. He was, a, he was a writer who was like navigating Hollywood after whatever, the Washington, <laughs> which is the same thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, same There's the set. sitcom, I want to say. What? Like John Lovett navigating <laughs> L.A. Hollywood? Po- post working in the White House. Like Mary Tyler Moore, like he <laughs> yeah. shows up in L.A. and he throws his hat. <laughs> it's like Sweet Home Alabama or something in Hollywood. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. I just remember... We were like thick as thieves right away, got along. We both like thought we were better than Hollywood and then found out we were worse Um, and just sort of got along. And I think this was before. Yeah, this was back when he was single, I think. Mm. I was very single, aggressively single. And we would just like go out on the town and like go to Hollywood parties and just like like drag everybody in the corner. Like we We would just clown on everyone who was more successful than us. Is this also like around 2011 or so? Oh, wow. Wow. You're asking me to do math. Maybe. Maybe. It was right when he moved out here. Because when I think of that time, I literally, I I remember I I was like a TV entertainment journalist at the time. I just remember thinking there is not a single fucking thing that Whitney Cummings is not involved in at that exact moment. I literally, I'm like, how do people survive having that many projects they've created, et cetera, going on? Do you look back at that time as the most stressful time ever? That's so nice. And Berlanti was just in the wings. Yes. (laughs) Right. right. In the wings. Like this bitch is not going to beat me number. Um, he's so sneaky about it too. He's, so he's not like Ryan Murphy or uh-uh. Shonda. He's not letting anybody know. <laughs> yeah. He's just not letting anybody know and just quietly infiltrates your television set and you don't even know you're paying him, but you Berlanti are. Berlanti produces Keep It. This, yeah, he, he drove me here. Um, yeah, I guess that, yeah, was that 2011? I don't know. That was all sort of an accident. I don't really know how that happened. Oh, really? Yeah. I, the only reason that I've had more than one show when I have is because I was just so certain the other one wasn't going to go. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I got to have a backup plan. And then a couple backup plans just ended up. I know a couple people where that, they're, you assume it's only going to be one of the three. And then they're like, oh, they bought all of and them. And they were now just we're... like, oh, they panicked. Yeah. And the other ones didn't go well and, or something. Or they were like, this is a fresh idea. A woman starring in a show. Right. And that was the plot of the black, the backup plan starring Jayla. Is it? She had three TV pilots go. No, I'm kidding. Wait, (laughs) wait a second. The one with the guy from Moonlight. I think that was that the movie. She was in a movie with a guy with the guy from Moonlight when she was pregnant and they fell in love. Comedy writes itself. Oh my uh, gosh, JLo? Remember, um, she got it artificially inseminated and then met the love of her life. Oh, later. yeah. Yes. I do remember that. I don't remember the name, but it was it was like after, it was trying to recreate the magic of the wedding planner and it didn't, Well, it, it was wasn't like the quite... comedy was, we're on a date and I have morning sickness. It was like, <laughs> it was like her navigating her nausea while also was, trying to be like. That might have been around the same time as a show that I believe was on Lifetime, which was called Pregnant and Dating. I believe that was the name of it. It was a bunch of pregnant women who, for whatever reason, were canceled single. too soon. Don't even know and, it was canceled. Yeah, and they were going out on dates, mm-hmm. like full, you know, like five months pregnant. Sure. And they're like, oh, I just met this guy, and he's so great. That show should like, just be called Florida. I know. <laughs> um, women can have it all. <laughs> but that was yeah, that was a crazy time, and I had never made television before. Right. <laughs> so right. it was extra crazy because I had no idea what I was doing. 
Yeah. So what was that like, Whitney? I don't remember because I blacked it out. <laughs> um, it was what it was, you know? I think I watched it. it. I think, thank you. I think that it's tricky because there's not a lot of space for people to learn in public, you know? It's like this has happened to a lot of my friends where they're stand-ups and then they get a television show and they're figuring out how to make a show under a spotlight. A friend of mine, Eric Zicklin, is a writer. He did Frasier and a bunch of stuff. He's just brilliant. I just feel the need to quote him. He says that when comedians... Um, get TV shows, it's like being like, oh, you're great at comedy. Now run a 7-Eleven. Right. Yeah. It's, you're expected to be a business person overnight. And mm. I didn't have the tools or skill set to like fire people. Like but, I wanted people to like me. Yeah. I right. think generally in Hollywood, like I think we've seen that with some showrunners where even with like comedians or other writers, like just being good at writing a pilot does not mean you're good at managing people. And there's no differentiation in that job. In like, they're fact, just like, this is, it, you arguably, it makes you not good at managing people. I want <laughs> approval and strangers to like yeah. me and mass. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I have a bunch of people that I have to say no to or say we're cutting that joke or I don't like this yeah. script. I just didn't have that it's, skill set. It's mm. weird that that's the way TV shows are set up, that mm. no one at any point has been like, maybe we get one person to manage shit. And someone else to be the creative vision. Yeah. And we don't assume someone can do all those things. That's right. So that's then how, I'm like, yeah, sorry. No, I'm just saying that's how most things should work. <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to, you know, have a business brain when you're 27. I was just sort of figuring out how to run a show, but also delegate and make, you know, it was before streaming, really, where you could write six episodes alone and stream it when it was ready. Right. This was like back when you had to write an episode a week, 24 weeks, and you're constantly just dealing with like, you know, recreating everyone's childhood circumstances and triggering everybody because <laughs> you're the girl that never dated them or their mom that didn't love them and everyone's just mad at everyone. It's just chaos. What was it like at that time? I, I, I think of like, let's say, you know, any one of us could have a show the viewers at home included, where it's like your name is the show, but also pe other people. That was some, not my idea. I yes, just no. want to go on record. But, I, <laughs> but you obviously had a crew full of people also yeah. writing. What is it like to read jokes that are supposed to be in your voice? And then you think like, well, that's not my voice. Or, Heartbreaking. Yeah. It's <laughs> insulting. Yeah. Um, quite frankly. No, I mean, it is tricky, especially because of the time I was doing, I guess, a little more self-deprecating jokes. So when people write self-deprecating jokes mm. about for you to say. It just feels like them insulting you. <laughs> um, the good news is my favorite show is The Comeback. Oh, you're mm. because you're a human being with thoughts? Yeah. Well, yes. no, I mean, yeah. it's just the greatest. And I just, I remember watching that show and it sort of being the Bible for kind of what was going on. Like, do you remember when um, Valerie started asking for more jokes and they started writing for her to like die and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember one day I walked in and this was, I don't think they were intentionally doing this, but Daniel Sanchez-Witzel, who's one of my favorite writers and showrunner, she did car Michael, she's doing Nate Bargatze's new show. She's just brilliant. And I walked in and this was like after I finally was like, I'm going to like say if I don't like something and I'm going to like whatever. And uh, I walked in with Dane. She's like, we have this great idea where Whitney gets hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, it happens. Um <laughs> Because, you know, the writers start writing basically, like, you know, they want like, you know, let's give her a monkey. Let's put her in a swamp. She yeah. falls into a lake. She falls out of a boat. Like <laughs> things where they just start living out their fantasies about you as a person. It's like that girl. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so it was tricky. I learned a lot. Um, and the show, it's weird because that show is, I think the ad campaign was so ubiquitous that it was like, didn't have a chance. It was just, you know, I would have made fun of it. If I saw a show that was called like, Lindsay. <laughs> I just be like, fuck that bitch. Um, I did have a lot of uh, 
sort of universal themes that made it, I guess, successful in other countries, not necessarily America. But it was, it's just a lot of like, you know, we tend to write such culturally specific shows, but this was just about like relationships, yeah. being jealous. Can you be friends with your ex? Mm-hmm. Who's texting you? You know, and that translated other places. But I mean, look, it was doing a one seven, which now would be a giant hit. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and we cost no money. You and know? good internationally, like it would be on Netflix for 15 seasons. Yeah, now. totally. Yeah. yeah. So it is what it was. And I learned a lot. <laughs> And whatever. And yeah, and Two Broke Girls was simultaneous. Right. Um, you know, but. Like, so, what was your involvement with Whitney versus Two Broke Girls? Because you created Two Broke Girls. With but, Michael Patrick King, yes. who is pretty good at writing. Um, <laughs> I've heard of him. Pretty yeah. good at running shows. <laughs> so, he was pretty much running it. I was trying to do the NBC show and like manage like pneumonia uh, for two mm-hmm. years and kind of do it all. So I was, I was, you know, trying to do both, but Michael Patrick King was really running Two Broke Girls, and which then you were is also- probably why the, the trajectories <laughs> <laughs> were quite different <laughs> for each show. But then you had the, the Chelsea Handler show was around that time too, right? Her sitcom or her... Sitcom, Yeah, right? her yeah. sitcom was, that's a really good point. I think it was the same year or the year after. Mm-hmm. Because we might have been paired for a minute, I think. Yeah. Don't remember. Yes. Which featured a one Ali Wong. Indeed, indeed, Ooh. indeed. Not funny. She's done a few things. Yeah. So that was that. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, making a multicam is already hard. I think it's like, you know, if that show had maybe been on CBS, it would have made a little more sense. It's just multicams on NBC at the time wasn't really happening. It was... Um, went on after The Office, which tonally is just, right. it's just like, we were like the bumpkin uncle. Like, oh, we're here to make you laugh. Like, it was just not, you know, the I, right I fit. forget that The Office was on, like, not that long ago. Like, not I feel like it's been, ago. like, rediscovered by children. And they're like, hey, have you yes. heard of this? Like, my sister even started watching The Office and would send me clips. She's like, this show is so funny. I'm like, yeah, it was an incredibly successful television show. You know, show I'm aware. For years. <laughs> but it's weird that it wasn't... How old I, is she? She is... How old am I? She's 27. 20, okay. Like, we're about three and a half years apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this... That period of network TV... I feel like friends is now like my like 15 year olds are watching it for the first time. Mm -hmm. No, I was just at a family reunion over the weekend and I asked my teenage cousin, Stephen, what's one show that all of your friends watch? And the only thing he said was The Office. Yeah. I was like chilling in a while. (laughs) You know, what's really interesting. And this might be something fascinating to TV geeks like myself is wardrobe and how wardrobe syndicates and how when the more simple you make wardrobe, the more sustainable the show is and the more Mm. you can watch it. So you notice with a lot of costume designers are really conscious of if something's going to go international or something's going to syndicate. So friends, look at the wardrobe. Aside from Phoebe, they all kind of just dress like German tourists. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all like white tank tops, jeans, black tank tops, jeans, so that everything is still in style now and yeah. you can still watch your show. So we, we were really conscious of that on Two Bro Girls to not make anything too like fashion now. That reminds me of like the uh, the, the much talked about like barrel curls that every woman has on TV that are like the, the, the lazy sort of <laughs> the wavy dry hair. bar. I yeah. think it's yeah. like the curl teeny or something yeah. at dry bar. Someone, yeah. There was an article about yeah. this, yeah. right? Like uh-huh. just that hairstyle that it's they all fa- have. that it's like housewife. Uh, yes, right. like ABC drama. Quite yes, you can be thing. the DA or the girl next door. Yeah, yes, that's right. like the thing. Yeah, I feel like for it to do big like with fashion for it now, like it needs to be. The show needs to be about that. Like, Bold and the Beautiful does very well. Does Internationally. It? Yeah. And does like, it? Italy and like, huh. South America. I was, fashion. I got really fascinated by the Killing Eve fashion. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
I, I want to talk to that customer because <laughs> I it didn't to me seem maybe that's just English high fashion, right? Like is the idea that it's now fashion or is the idea that it's just brazen as fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels 80s to me. It feels like Susan Lucci meets <laughs> Yohi Yamamoto. <laughs> And why is it all silk? Like, I, I have questions about, I have, I think about it, her wardrobe. It'll be interesting to see that in like 15 years. Cause I, I remember when I rewatched Gilmore Girls, which mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. and like still loved when I rewatched it. But I was like, what are these bitches wearing? <laughs> like What's they happening? look like the skinny scarves. And it was just so 2004. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like all of it. And like yeah. in a way that like with Sex in the City, I feel like because it was just so much. Yeah. You kind of buy that like. And, and Sex and the City was so trendy that it feels like everything sort of has recycled itself in that That's way. That's a good point. Um, and I looked back at Gilmore Girls and I was like, wow, no one's going to be wearing these skinny ties again. Or skinny no, no, scarves again no, no, like that. Yeah. no. That's the Halloween episode now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It reminds me of like Buffy episodes too, where it's like, it's weird looking at it now and being like, this outfit is bad. But then you also remember when I watched it in like 2004, I was like, this, this outfit is, is bad. Why is Sarah Michelle Gellar wearing leather pants to high school <laughs> every day? I, I think that like Sex and the City, though, when I watch it back now, it's just a different person is in style. So now Miranda right. is uh-huh. the most stylish person right. on the show. Because right. the way she dresses is the current like normcore 90s pantsuit thing that like millennials are doing. Yeah. You know? But also there's something about that show too where like nobody on that show is really trying to dress normal. So you sort of just <laughs> yeah. accept whatever there's it no, is. no like reference point <laughs> yeah. of sanity. Yeah, right. Yeah. At all. Like Charlotte was like the demure like. But even much. then she like ran a gallery. So it's just like, oh no, wait, you're the most insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so you've listened to the show and you I know, have. last year we talked a lot about Rosea. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you feel now with distance from it? You know, I the motives going into that show, like I just try to like remember what the motives were and the motives were, okay, this election just happened. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how to do something that's not related to the healing or exploration of the apocalypse that just happened. But also, I don't talk about politics in my stand up. Mm -hmm. So it was like and um, sort of concurrently at that time, there had just been a conference call with a one Michelle Obama saying it to camera <laughs> where she did a call with showrunners. And I don't I still don't know who was on the call, but I dressed up for it. <laughs> um, where were you? I was in my kitchen and I wore a forest green blazer from J. Crew and a shell, like a little shell, um, silky shell. And I get it. I, I would feel disgusted like talking to Michelle Obama like in my pajamas. I had a whole I was in, I was wearing like a wedge. It was like a whole thing. I sent my dogs to the dog walker. Like I was so focused. And so she gives this whole speech about television that I'll inform you on the main takeaway in a second. But I did try to follow up with questions with her and it was um I was like, so you know what I think we should maybe do? And she was just like, thanks guys and hung up and I was like, oh. <laughs> Michelle Obama is so rude. She just ignored me. And then I was like I'm on mute, you <laughs> asshole. There's no way they were going to let Michelle Obama just like shoot the shit with a bunch of like, <laughs> batshit crazy fan comedians. So she said that um, the metrics are in, whatever that means. I don't know the exact study. I'm sure your fans are going to drag me for this, but uh, find it or I'll post it. They can now link the passage of marriage equality with the show Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden talked about that oh, a bit. Great. We mentioned that on the show before. Yeah. Okay, don't give yeah. him credit for that. This is <laughs> yeah. Michelle Obama's <laughs> He stole it from How her. dare you? Um, <laughs> and so she was like, you know, what you put on television, the stories you tell, just mm-hmm. like now that, and it was just sort of, I think in writer's rooms, we're always like, we're not curing cancer. Who gives a shit? Put right. the joke up. We all want to go home. And I was like, you know what? That made me sort of look at television differently and sort of think, okay. Um, and I guess I also felt like we were at a time where we were all in our echo chambers, like with the algorithm and we're all only following people we agree with. We're only hanging out with people that we agree with. Like, I don't have a lot of people in my life that I have different mm-hmm. opinions uh, with or read a lot of articles. I bet I'm on Jezebel, I'm on Vox, I'm on the Atlantic, and we're all sort of in our echo chambers. And I guess for us, it was a little bit of like, okay, here's a chance to get our agenda really into the red states because the red states aren't watching a lot of the stuff that we do, just mm-hmm. point blank. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe anything I'm involved with, they won't because they know how I lie or whatever. And so um, once Wanda Sykes wanted to do it and Morgan Murphy and a bunch of friends of mine, I was like, okay, let's let's do this. I had not seen Roseanne's tweets. I didn't follow. I didn't. I hadn't seen the ones from a couple of years ago, <laughs> which would have been like a major red flag. Those really flew. It's crazy how they... The which really ones? the f- bathroom, the trans bathroom. Like a just a lot of the crazy shit she had tweeted, like really flew under. She had two hundred thousand followers. Like yeah. it wasn't. It would have been weird for a journalist to do a story on Roseanne's tweets. It was yeah. Just like, and what would you have looked? I don't know that you would have known what to look for with some of her things. I just like nobody even thought to think about it. Yeah, because she wasn't. She wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't. I don't think anyone was really following. We didn't know. I sat down with her. She also like like ran for president at one point. It's just like she had sort of like conditioned us to yeah. believe. Like there's like a, you know, a bubbling under sense of crazy and we were just used to it. (laughs) Which is a very big part of Hollywood where we're like, are they like... I'd heard Roseanne's stories since I first got to Hollywood. Right. I mean, there's like writer's room jokes about Roseanne rooms. Like, what number are you? Three. Like, you know, like instead of calling each other names, we would do numbers. Like, oh, that comes from Roseanne's set. Like, and I just, I guess, had heard so much about the mental illness stuff. It was, I don't know. It was just like, all right, let's get in there and actually make a show with our sort of ideals that are going to get into red states. Like, mm-hmm. this is the thing we can do in a reaction. And Lori Metcalf, um, as soon as that happened, I was like dying to work with her and also dying to learn how to make a good multicam. Sure. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's very hard to do. And, you know, the lighting, the mm-hmm. set design. Roseanne is one of the only good multicams that doesn't look like a bunch of actors walking around in a plastic. Truly. Box. If, mm-hmm. Like I'm from the Midwest. It felt like actually I was looking into a neighbor's life or something. Yeah. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up watching that show going, oh, my God, that's what my house looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's how my parents talk to each other. Oh, my God. We pay bills. Like it was just such a big part of my childhood. And everything I had known about her was that she was like a champion. You know, um, the original um, run of Roseanne, it was very liberal. By the, the DJ wouldn't kiss the black girl in the school play. Yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah, what, that episode was amazing. And um, Jackie domestic violence episode. Right. It was yeah. Like mm-hmm. there was so and they would really play scenes out. It, mm-hmm. it was more to me like a theater production mm-hmm. than a TV show because we now want to go like, bah, 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 right. like sound, the throw to the other thing. <laughs> so it was like, OK, it's what it was eight episodes or something. Why not? A lot of my heroes were on it. John Goodman is just I can't with him. Um, and and then we're I mean, you know what happens. <laughs> you, so you're on this know, conference call heard. with Michelle Obama, yeah, right? Right, right, right. Well, how does how does it then feel to have um 
knowing that Trump called Rose. I had quit by that. I was gone. I was gone. I was gone. So I mean, it was so clear that this ship was sinking. I was out. I had the. I was blowing up my raft. I was. I even pitched. I had an idea because I had been uh, trying to the Twitter thing for so long. I had pitched to make. I might have even reached out to John because I was trying to like figure out find a coder to make a fake Twitter app for her where she thought she was tweeting. <laughs> Fully like Tracy Jordan, Thirty Rock totally. stuff. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Just like she thinks it's going out, but like it's not. What um, CIA person can give that to Trump? I had. Uh, there's a long list of people I would <laughs> so, like to give that someone to. Someone just drop that onto his phone. And <laughs> it was such a shame. Like, I mean, we had made these stories of like there's a gender nonconforming kid in the house, and there was we were dealing with, um, you know, Dan getting his jobs taken and, and struggling with like, you know, the xenophobia stuff. It's like we feel like we really did some cool stuff, but that's all for nothing. Maybe mm. if it had just been you guys. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of like people I remember were like, you could just step in for Roseanne. I'm like, the fuck you. <laughs> um, like, no one would really know the difference at this point. Um, but um, yeah, so that didn't go. The craziest thing is when I go around the country and tour and people are like, what happened with Roseanne? I'm like, did you not? Like, oh, do they really not know? No, I think they just are like, what's, well, what's the problem? It was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. I'm going to stop trying to make shows for you. I do see that a lot, though, you know, because um, the talking about the Michelle Obama thing, you know, it's like yeah. that's always why I've just been a person who constantly talks about soap operas, you yeah. know, um, just because you mentioned Susan Lucci before, too. And it's like All My Children was the first television show that depicted uh, abortion on TV. And it was the same year of Roe v. Wade. You know, Um, Erica Kane goes to get an abortion, you know, and it's like these are the days of our lives, kid. (laughs) I still watch that every day. No, you don't. I do. I have nightmares still about Carly being buried alive. Oh, yeah. With the little thing. She came back and then she was like an alcoholic for a bit. And Vivian tried to bury. um, No, she didn't try to bury. Alcoholic for a bit? Yeah, she was an alcoholic for a bit. It's not really how alcoholism (laughs) works. I And and she was like fishing for pills and alcohol out of a dumpster. It was a very dark time. Oh, wow. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, But most of the people you like are still on it. Really? Yeah. But wait, isn't she now on Real Housewives? No. Who played Carly? Oh, no, that's somebody different. Kristen Demera. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But she left Real Housewives. Eileen Davidson. Why? She did my friend's Eileen wedding video. Eileen was too sane. She was too yeah. sane for that Eileen show. Was, she was, <laughs> and Eileen actually had a job. Eileen was like, I actually have to go somewhere every day and I have real responsibilities. And Eileen dealt... Eileen could only hang for like a couple seasons. She was like, I have work to do. I she do did a friend of mine's wedding video mm. who's kind of like a celebrity who asked her uh, if she would come do something for... The, the husband asked if she would like show up and... She showed up and I think she realized what was happening. Like she came to like do like a funny wedding video. What's that thing that couples do play with each other? How do you, how well do we know each other? Oh, like oh, a the, newlywed the, game? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh-huh. it. The newlywed game video they were mm. watching at the Bachelor. Are you afraid of Virginia Woolf? That whole yeah. thing, yes. <laughs> and they got none of it right, which was awkward. Um, and so she comes in and they did like a video oh. and she showed up to the shoot. Nick Kroll was hosting it. And I think she realized very quickly that it was like, what am I, am I, was what <laughs> like we want like she hit her rock bottom like emotionally <laughs> in this video in front of people. and she just started being like super weird <laughs> I need to I need to dig that up it's pretty great no wait after all that like you have such interesting experience on TV does has do, do you still absorb TV like do you like watching it like do you like learning from other people etc yeah. or no I have a hard time watching TV because I my fiance hates me because I yell out reshoots like I I'm the worst <laughs> I'm like ADR 
heart, you know, and I have a hard time not like if I like something being like, who's this DP? I have to go look it up. Like, I'm just like, who wrote this? I got to know who wrote this episode. You know, I get really into it. Who cast this? You know, like I'm not fun to watch TV with, but I do try to watch (laughs) a lot of it. I also my fiance hates me for this. We do not watch television because I need to know how it's I need to know all the spoilers right away so. I love spoilers no, I love spoilers I Google, I Google them and I'm like how else do you know if the show's being executed I well? right. know. You know how it's gonna happen. I know also as I have said before if your enjoyment of the show can be ruined by spoilers the show probably wasn't that, that good, good to, to begin, begin with. with. That's my point. We Thank win. You. Thank you. <laughs> I have watched a couple of things. I have an addictive personality. So if I'm watching something, I'm watching it. I watched you recently. I watched um, it hard. Um, I love you. I love you too, Ira. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I loved it. And I'm so over people deciding that a show is why men are bad. <laughs> I mean, there was just so much like, this is how could we put this on television right now with all that's going on? It's just like, what? Like, that was, I got really into watching videos of Penn Bagley, like apologizing for Joe's behavior. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're good. Yeah, you have right. been trashed since Perfect. Zeus was turning into swans and raping women. Totally. Yeah. We'll start with the Vikings. If we're gonna, like, you're fine. Like, I felt like he felt this pressure to be like, Joe's a bad guy and I would never. We know he's a bad Guy. He's a psychopath. Why do actors have to defend their characters? Like, it's fiction. It's yeah. fine. It's apparent that he is, is the deal that he's also hot. So, like, there's something endearing. There's something charismatic about that. So he needs to apologize. I don't, I don't know. know. The problem is with the person who thinks he's not a bad guy. Like, it's like baseline. You're like, oh, no, this character is clearly a sociopath. Yeah. So someone who is like, oh, nobody's hot. You're that's who we you need yeah. to go and figure some things out. And if he's rich, it's Fifty Shades of Grey. And we love that. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like we have to look into why we consume what we do and not blame the actors or the mm. writer. I'm just know. saying like Boris Karloff in the 30s is not sending out telegrams being like, I, I'm sorry, I, I was mean as the mummy. <laughs> I like how actors can't just play parts anymore without having to like go on an apology tour. There's a great I watch. I got into a deep dive on AOL builds. Do you guys watch AOL? <laughs> Here's the thing with AOL builds. They're like an hour long <laughs> and they're actors having to, like, he's just, they're so long. I've done them before and I'm always like, is anyone watching? It's so crazy long. Um, but I got into the AOL builds of the cast and like Shay, like talking about how it's different from Pretty Little. Like I got into a real deep dive on Wait, that. Wait, what is AOL builds? Oh, AOL build. I don't know. I've okay. done it twice. It's an interview show on AOL. Oh, okay. Which is mm-hmm. dot com. Which used to be how we Next. sent. Nope, that's still my email. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you yeah. on yeah. AOL? I at AOL.com. You, I will tell, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I'll tell you, there's a couple of people in my life who have AOL and it's a red flag. <laughs> Although, if you listen to Sam Harris, it's not Sam Harris's podcast. There, yes, it is. Sam Harris did a podcast on um, Gmail that will make you want to go back to AOL. Oh, interesting. I think I finally got like my grandmother off Hotmail. Oh, I was there for a while. Oh, all my family's on SBC Global. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what she's on now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she left Hotmail for SBC Global. <laughs> .net. Yes. I'll tell you why. You have a .net. That's a power move. <laughs> um, what else am I watching? I just watched Fleabag. Um, perfect. Like, yeah, perfect show. Um, and I said it was such disdain. No, it makes perfect me. Perfect show. It almost makes me. It like, makes I, me angry. There are certain writers. Like when I read ta Coates, I'm like, yeah. oh, I should stop just writing. Just quit. Just quit. Yeah. Because I can't do that. Yeah. And so why would I even try to contribute anything if it's not this? And I feel that a little bit with Fleabag. Because sometimes I see things and it makes me like, Okay, it's this is, I mean, yeah. yeah. And I watch Fleabag and I'm like, wow. Yeah. 
maybe just I just should not. So I don't listen to Richard Pryor. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not. I can't. I won't. I shan't. <laughs> like, I've seen it all, but I'm not going to, like, rewatch it just <laughs> to, like, hurt myself. Um, I been Shit Creek. Um, love it. I love yes. it. I just I just it's so fun. Yeah. It's right. just so it's like it is what it is. It's so fun. It's not like trying to make you feel bad. It's not you know, it's just it's what TV, I think, kind of should be. It's Do not like not talking have... about Roe v. Wade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <sighs> Do you not have that stress of wondering, like, who's making this since it's in Canada? What are you like looking up like the DP and like I don't stuff? I want Dan I mean Dan it to me is so fucking funny and that yeah. tr- he's ridiculous um Catherine O'Hara I feel like has a future in acting um, <laughs> her wigs alone um are my favorite character um yeah that's kind of stuff I watch I haven't started The Handmaids yet because I just can't but you do see everything that's like mm-hmm. cool I don't to know see. if I see everything yeah. I don't think I see everything no well, I that's did not watch Game of Thrones. that's a good selection didn't watch Game of Thrones Likewise, yeah. however I still can tell you why I think the ending is correct mm-hmm. maybe yeah. I have not seen it. you know who who also doesn't watch Game of Thrones, which is confirmed. I mean, I already didn't need the confirmation that I was fine and not watching it, but <clears throat> Rihanna does not watch Game of Thrones. That's, that's why so, I didn't. Exactly. I wanted us to have something so now that exactly. I Do we know what Rihanna watches? Told us. I don't know if we know what <laughs> Rihanna watches. She live uh, Instagrammed herself watching herself and Bates Motel once. I do remember uh, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I wish she would have told us, don't wa- I don't she watch Game watched, of Thrones, because like, then I would have never watched it. Right, see? Did she watch, like, <laughs> Battleship on a loop? <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna, lead the way! I do as part of the Navy. Uh, I guess just finally... That Michelle Obama talk, you know, and, you know, thinking about maybe where you want to go forward in television, you know, like, how do you think we can still use TV to do what you tried to do on Roseanne? Like, do you think that's possible? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm trying again. um, And, you know, this time without a star who's racist. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I'm doing something with Lee Daniels that is very much Mm -hmm. like... It's it's about the ombudsman's office on a college campus, which is like the office that's basically has to deal with like the white girl in dreadlocks and and the students complaining about the racist Native American mascot. It's the person like has to make all the decisions and I tour all around the country. So I'm always on college campuses and asking kids like what's going on. The Thomas Jefferson statue needs to come down. The, you know, Robert E. Lee. I don't even know his name. Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Robert E. Grant. Both racists. They probably have one statue. Robert Redford. Where they're like. (laughs) (laughs) Take all those statues down. (laughs) So like when do we take a statue down? Can we separate the art and the artist do we still teach roman polanski movies in schools do we still teach charles bukowski like all of this there's some poor bastard who has to decide these things and most of them are white um so it really is about three generations of women trying to navigate all this it kind of is holds a mirror up to toxic white feminism and the sort of there's a lot of good things going on but there's a lot of hypocrisy i think going on and performative activism can can i tell you as someone who would talk about uh toxic white feminism People are going to love you on Twitter. <laughs> love or hate. You're going to get some great emails. No, they're going to fucking hate you. No, I mean, it's a, here's the thing. It's, it's going after everybody. I think the right's going to think it's for them and the left is going to think it's for them. You know, it's just not everybody has the same. I think a lot of shows right now, every character talks like a Hollywood liberal writer mm-hmm. and everybody's on the right side of history yeah. and says the right pronoun and says everything right. And that's just not how it is. And I think that it's hurting comedic tension. I always think it's so weird that there's so little definitive television about college. 
You know, I mean, like, what's yeah. the definitive T like undeclared? I mean, I don't know yeah. what it would be. Yeah, uh, I still love that show. Oh, that's yeah. a really good point. You know, yeah. Freaks and Geeks was high school. My so-called life was. High. I mean, the right. fact that I'm even going back. Felicity. That's a different, different world, world is for right, me. I guess that's a, for me, a different world was like the most definitive oh. college show. Oh, interesting. Mine was Felicity because I'm a stalker. Got it. Sure. Yes. Huh. Mine was the real world. Um, (laughs) I always thought they were in dorms. I was like, cool college. Um, So it's kind of about that. And it's going to be, I think anything that makes you fight afterwards, you you kind of have to make people fight. And I think we also kind of want to uh, get people to have conversations they wouldn't normally have. And to also see people that don't agree with them because we don't do that anymore, especially on college campuses. Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't want to see this person speak. We don't want to hear this person. I mean, they look, I'm not saying I agree with all her politics, but two colleges canceled Condoleezza Rice from coming to speak. Mm. Like, mm. you should be so lucky. <laughs> and you don't have to, like, that's when you're supposed to go, like, I might not agree with this, and this is the person I am, and I'm developing my brain. Also, I would I would love to ask her some questions. I have yes! some questions. I would love to hear what she's saying now, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. removed from her time doing the things that she did. And like, hey, girl, mm-hmm. how are we looking? What are we thinking about about that now? Mm-hmm. That yeah. seems like it would be interesting. And then she distracts you and plays the piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really here to sing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alfred wanted to do she's, she's also a legitimate person. She's not like Milo or like someone where you're like, you should. Yes. You, yeah. you were not a smart person who has anything to offer. It's like yeah. she. However you feel, the lady did some things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that there are certain things. I think it's like the key is always figuring out like what's a stand up joke? What's a tweet? What's a TV show? What's a a story? What's a this? You know, and I think for a lot of this stuff going on, just going on stage and just like complaining about people like white girls taking selfies with Black Lives Matter Mm T-shirts for likes like that is you're going to lose certain people or are going to either you know, be offended mm-hmm. or not, I think putting it in a TV show is just a way to get the message out in a way that is more effective, I guess. Great. Well, thank you for being here, oh Whitney. God, you guys run a tight ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How did I do? B minus? Oh, I thought you were great. The, really? When you walked in here, I was like, I know she's going to have a million things to say, which mm-hmm. like they don't always. Okay. Really? Yeah. They? Yeah. Just uh, that's for anybody. Wow. This is like Crossroads High School. We don't grade here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have rich parents, and I grades is the only currency I have. <laughs> so I would like a grade. Um, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank no? You. no, 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 yeah, Oh God. When we're back, Whoopi Goldberg goes toe to toe with Bella Thorne. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. 
here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. A few weeks ago, actress Bella Thorne posted nude photos of herself to social media in order to thwart a hacker who was blackmailing her with them. And a move that was widely seen as empowering um, was also seen as easily preventable by Whoopi Goldberg uh, on an episode of The View. That Queen of cyber terrorism, (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg. That hard-hitting. The View is still fucking on air. And creating drama every fucking week, by the way. It feels like like if we had to talk about The Price is Right every week or something. You won't believe what happened on The Price is (laughs) Right. Uh, Whoopi criticized Bella for having nude photos of herself in the first place saying if you're famous I don't care how old you are you don't take nude photos of yourself you cannot be surprised if someone's hacked you especially if you have that stuff on your phone and Bella (laughs) Bella responded to Whoopi saying that it was um victim blaming and she said it made her feel really bad about herself so I go out to a party drinking and I want to dance on the dance floor do I deserve to be raped too because to me, those two things are really fucking similar. Um, they're, they're not, they're not similar, similar at all. And so let's get into this. You know, you know the thing with, here's the thing about Whoopi's comments that like, and maybe this isn't what she meant, but there's something I understand. It's like, if someone has a lot of money and a lot of shit and they get robbed, you're not like that you deserve to get robbed. However, I understand why a rich person gets robbed Mm -hmm. because they're rich and they have a lot of things. Didn't deserve it, but I get it. And I think there's a reading of Whoopi's comments, which are like, I understand why people would go after this hot, young, successful celebrity to try to get, and knowing that those nude photos exist and try to get them Mm -hmm. does not mean it is her fault for she shouldn't have, but I understand why someone would try to hack you, which I get that. Like, that feels fair. It's like, yes, like Mm -hmm. if they know that those things exist and you are a public person, like it's, it's not, it's still a crime. It shouldn't happen, but it's not shocking that someone maybe is trying to commit this crime. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would have been, should have stopped there. Yes. Yeah, the yeah the whole angle of like, well, don't take nude pictures of you. It's like that's the wrong tack to th- take on this. But also, you know, I had a charitable read of Whoop- Whoopi's comments too, just being like, well, it, it's not terribly surprising that this would happen to somebody. Not, it, it's obviously tragic and horrible or whatever. But um, also, I, I she, I guess the deal is Whoopi should have just been more complimentary about what Bella did, which was kind of get out in front of it in like a kind of, I, don't, I would say a rad way. I like the way that she, you know, just sort of released them herself. Yeah. And, it you feels know. very, you know, when Madonna's penthouse pictures were published in the 80s and she, they asked her about it, like, oh, you're naked in this magazine. Her response was, so what? Yeah. You know? um, it's like Alexander Hamilton, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the Reynolds pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Alexander Hamilton and the Re- I don't. <laughs> um, I was 
actually thinking, you know, about this, too, because, I mean, Meghan McCain chimed in, of course, but she brought up an interesting point. You know, it's common to send nude photos. It's very common to receive them. And back when she was dating, she used to get them all the time, but she didn't send them because her family was in politics, but she gets the temptation. I'm just thinking about that with us as, like, Gay men. Who oh, yeah. Use, like, you know, apps like Grinder and Scrub. Oh, please. And when you're things, as good as sexting like, as I am, nudes are a must. <laughs> uh, and so it's just sort of like the idea that those may be out there. Oh, you sure. Know? And sometimes I'm reticent, you know, to do that, you know, just because of my career now. It's definitely, it's, un- it's a thing where it's like, it is unfortunate that you don't have the privacy that you deserve on like your own device. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely unfortunate. I also understand wanting to take precautions because if that did get out, it would be something you would be really upset by. You know, there's a world where Bella Thorne is fine with her nudes being out, Mm -hmm. you know, but, and I think that that's, that's probably something too Whoopi didn't allow for, which is like her being like, I'm going to get ahead of this. You think you're going to embarrass me. I'm not embarrassed by this. This is a fucking body. I took the pictures. I'm owning it. Like, I think that is a completely valid response to have, which is like, you're trying to shame me for this. And I'm not ashamed of these pictures. Mm -hmm. And if they're leaked like that, it's going to seem like I'm ashamed of them. And that is like, that is that is perfectly valid. And I think that's probably that's like what Bella Thorne wanted the conversation to be. You know, Whoopi is also of an age where she's probably never been sending nudes to people via cell phone, at least. Right. Um, so I think she also doesn't understand how commonplace it is. Mm-hmm. I think she, you know, I I think she just doesn't get it. And I don't think I mean, the rape comparison was asinine. Of course. I mean, Bella usually jumps out the window. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's usually messy on social media in the fucking first place. So it's like, um, of course, she went down that path. It's like, girl, we were agreeing with you. You don't have to compare it to rape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the Sorry, most famous in love got canceled, but like, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> the unfortunate part of this is that these young women, you know, like a Jennifer Lawrence, whoever, and many of the celebrities who had their photos leaked. It's that they don't have the privacy that someone else would have because no one's trying to hack my phone mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like that's, that's really what's unfortunate and it's, and it's gross and it's shitty that these people exist and they're, they're breaking the law, they're committing crimes. Um, but that's, you know, people like people commit crimes all the time. It's. Yeah. It, and this charitable reading of Whoopi's words doesn't mean that like, I always fucking agree with Whoopi because wasn't the same week she was defending Joe Biden's comments about um, bringing up segregationists that he worked mm-hmm. with. And it's like, girl, you let, you let your man run around in blackface. Um, at a <laughs> oh my one. God. So We're talking like, about Ted Danson? Yeah. Yes. So it's like, girl, simmer down. <laughs> I also am, am weirdly like heartened that I am outraged with Whoopi's comments because I think of her on that show just being like, everybody shut, shut up or go into commercial. But she actually stepped in it. So. Yes, it's it's well, it's been a while since Whoopi's made comments that sort of create drama or headlines because on that show now, I feel like everybody is just keeping Megan McCain well, at bay. Well, also, mm-hmm. Whoopi's just like holding Joy back from not smacking the shit out of <laughs> Megan McCain. Because every, I'm like, Joy is going to reach across that table and choke that woman one day. Like, that bitch pushes her. And I'm like, Joy will fuck you up. And it's going to be on live TV. And like, <laughs> I will be ready for that clip. The power that that will have. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, international implications that that will have. Like, she, it's sort of, it's like when, you know, like, Portia should have attacked Kenya, but you were like, girl, you shouldn't have put that wand in her face. Yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, yeah, you should not. Don't start none. Don't yes. won't be none. You should not have made fun of Tracy losing her baby. Okay, Kimberly, you were going to get attacked. I'm talking about the young and the rest. Oh, yeah, I don't oh know what you're God. talking about. You were just freewheeling into the soaps today. My yes. God. I'm all in. <laughs> What's the closest thing I've ever even watched to a soap? I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess the real world. Our text chains? Sure, that too. <laughs> when we're back, unfortunately, we have to talk about Max Landis. In the most recent progression of the Me Too movement, screenwriter and filmmaker, and um, I use those terms loosely, uh, Max (laughs) Landis has been credibly accused of emotional and sexual abuse by eight different women. Lord. Um, Although there have been rumors about Landis' behavior towards various women in his life, the credible accusations began when, in response to a tweet announcing a Netflix project written by Landis, actress Anna Akana tweeted, written by a psychopath who sexually abused and assaults women, Right? Cool. Um, And since then, multiple women have stepped up and detailed Landis's horrific treatment of them. And stories include his manipulation, body shaming, gaslighting, rape, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Um, But prior to those accusations, Landis's alleged abuse has sort of been an open secret. Right? You know, before this Daily Beast article came out, I feel like I've been hearing stories about Max Landis forever yeah well he also just like harvested this celebrity of being a sort of a loose cannon on twitter like literally when i think of him i think of him responding to the poor box office turnout of his movie american ultra and being like well people obviously aren't into original ideas anymore (laughs) you know like that kind of like sort of a stuck up douchebaggy kind of vibe just in general i will actually say that american ultra was had some good performances in it i thought it started out good yeah i actually just think that um as good as I love Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Kirsten Stewart as actors, uh, they have no chemistry. Right. And so yeah, that yeah. didn't work in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like from jump, like it wasn't going to be great. She's also sort of just an interesting uh, tool to use in a movie. Like she's she's kind of capable of only a few things, but can be amazing. And I think that role was good for her. Yeah. Back to the abuse. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. All of these. No, I mean, like this feels well, like a it, continuation of a long saga. I think when Bright came out, mm-hmm. that had been the first like really public rumblings about it. Like, yeah. I feel like people talked about him being shitty to match his movie. Um, right. <laughs> I think it was overshadowed by the fact that Bright was trash. Yes. And so everyone just started dragging Bright. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he, it, he, he's like really the epitome of the type of person who is protected too, because he's not that famous. Like I actually worry, like in the way that, and I feel like we've said this before, like I worry more about him than the Harvey Weinsteins because someone who is that horrific or someone who's that publicly awful it probably is going to catch up with them. It's these other people who were like, no one could pick Max Landis out of a lineup. Most people don't know what he looks like. They don't know who this person is. And so those- He looks are the, like the Joker. <laughs> those are like the insidious <laughs> people who get away with this because they are, they're not big celebrities and they're doing these things more quietly and they have this larger, they have this network. Like he has his father. He has this network of people trying to keep it quiet and it's easier to keep a lid on someone who's not- a big celebrity. It's able to. It's easier to keep a lid on someone who's not doing this to Ashley Judd. It's easier to keep a lid on if they're not, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what I find. I find that more worrisome. And so I think that's also why it took so long. Yes. Um. Listen, he is the son of John Landis. You know, who's you know, um, 
very famous. What an and, insane um, celebrity arc of right. John Landis. Also a murderer. That's <laughs> what I mean. People, people, also, like, people not quite getting the story right. I've heard, like, mixed things and people f- hearing that, like, wait, he killed Jennifer Jason Lee's dad? <laughs> it's like, yes, this is a fundamental Hollywood thing. And yes, then, on the set of The Twilight Zone. And then Zone. when he was acquitted from that uh, crime, he b- uh, invited the jury who acquitted him to the premiere of Coming to America. Yes. Oh. And speaking of Coming to America, um, I don't know if you've ever read that um, Playboy interview with Eddie Murphy where he just talks about how much of an asshole he thinks John Landis is, but it is insightful reading. Oh, really? Yes. Well, also, I mean, like, John Landis, just to very quickly recap, directed Animal House, directed American Werewolf in London. He co-wrote fucking Clue. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so everybody has a reason to kind of, or he directed the thriller video, yeah. whatever. And then he directed this movie where uh, three actors were killed on set, including Jennifer Jason Lee's dad, uh, Vic Morrow. So it's anyway. Not, it's Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It seems made up. Yeah. Uh, we which, gotta lock that family up. Yeah. Uh, which difficult people had the uh, best one of the Max craziest Landis jokes. jokes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you th- what do you think uh, John Landis's greatest crime is? Uh, killing Vic, Mar- ki- killing killing those children on set, or his son Max Landis? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that show did not hold back. It was very serious. Uh, but yes, there's this idea that uh, there were these rumblings online, right? But unless, like Kara said, it's a big target. You know, a lot. Um, that really shocked me in the article was just hearing from these women saying that, yes, and he's the son of a celebrity, you know, and he has some celebrity and some clout himself. And it's really, he was able to collect people, you know, it was almost like Manson family-esque, you know, like they felt comfortable around him, you know, especially in this town, you know, when you sort of feel like you find your people, you know, like you will sort of allow things to maybe happen uh, or brush off certain things just because it's not happening to you or enough people in your circle who know that person will say, it's not true. You know, it's just a rumor. He reminds me of like, you know, when like some rich white prep school kid like gets in a, a D, gets a DUI and kills someone and gets off for it. It feels like like nobody knows who that unless it's something really horrific. It's like how many of those guys get off every fucking day because they're connected, because they're rich, because they're white. And all and of them. Right. Most of them went to my high school. <laughs> <laughs> and but, you know, and it and it's it, it takes someone big enough where we all collectively want to see them taken down. Mm-hmm. But like think of all of those people that exist exist in society and what they've gotten away with. And like, he's, he's one of those people where like, without me too, you know, like Harvey Weinstein, it's like probably would have come out in some way or another, you know, someone like Louis C.K. Like you knew, like someone, that story, regardless of the larger movement, I believe that those stories would have come out. This is really example of like, you wouldn't have heard shit about this ever until he like, unless he did, you know, unless he killed someone legitimately. I feel like part of the reason, um, we did hear a lot about it because he's so un- fucking annoying and cocky online, right? right so right. people did sort of want to take him down. You know, I remember him after the Star Wars, The Force Awakens coming out, you know, like this whole screed about um, Ray being a Mary Sue, right? And then he wrote this, was it like 900 fucking page essay about Carly Rae Jepsen? Oh, right. Which was psychotic. Uh, just analyzing her music, and it was just sort of like, 
girl, I was afraid for her life after that. <laughs> but he's standing outside her window, Michael Myers. Yeah, I can't think of a reason a random person on Twitter would go out of their way to defend Max Landis. So mm-hmm. that's a part of what I think aided this situation yeah. too because he's just like trouble and you know like gross and knowing what we've said about his father john land is like it's obvious that so many of these stories were probably stamped out by john landis using his money um to have lawyers like in, yeah you know silence things about his son well apparently this story they had tried to kill it before like yeah. that was one of the things like this story was they have spent a considerable amount of time trying to stamp that out. And then, bitch, you thought. I mean, and he's usually so good at murder. So, <laughs> oh, no. Speaking of which, by the way, the guy who died, Vic Morrow, one of the great performances, he plays the other coach in the Bad News Bears. That is mm. a movie to me that really holds up. I Gener- love that movie. Isn't it so? F- and Tatum O'Neill, Walter Matha, everyone's great in it. Joyce Van Patten. Uh, and also, speaking of other accusations, there was, of course, a new one against Donald Trump, who must have... Um, assaulted or raped about 900 women at this point. But um, New York journalist and writer E. Jean Carroll accused Donald Trump of raping her in her new book. And she said that he was one of the many men who has assaulted her in her life. Um, And it should be noted that she avoided use of the word rape, um, but she spent the day with him shopping when he was a private citizen, before he was president, etc. And apparently he pinned her against her will in a dressing room you know, at Bergdorf's. Right? You, at this point, none of it's, unfortunately, it's not surprising, but I will say his fucking response oh to it managed to still, when he was like, she's not my type, thereby implying that had she been his type, he would have raped her, you dumb fucking <laughs> moron. Like, that's what you're saying, you fucking idiot. It's, it, even for him, that response and like that response just was so fucking bonkers. And I cannot believe it. That story was not covered anywhere. Like someone, I think, found it. The New York Times, they were running a cover story about like on the front page about Cardi and like her shit. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And they had had that story in the book section because she'd written about it in her book. Mm-hmm. The president is accused of rape again and you're burying it in the book section. You should all be fucking ashamed of yourselves. There were so many publications that didn't cover it. The New York Post, fucking Rupert Murdoch made sure that they didn't cover it. You're all monsters. You're all fucking complicit. Also, I mean, this is so basic, but just the actual phrasing of she's not my type. I mean, like that is so uh, there's no other word for it. Triggering. I mean, this is somebody accused of a very serious crime and making a flip sexist joke just and and can can do that. I mean, just as as a bystander, it is just so gross and so horrible. I just wish there was more of like a center where we could all go to talk about the emotional fallout of this man getting to fucking speak. It just is so horrible to deal with constantly. And, you know, she talked about it with Anderson Cooper, you know, the fact that like, you know, he called uh, a Miss America fat, you know, mm-hmm. like he always does. It's like she said, one of the most beautiful women in the world who like wins, you know, uh, Miss America is like, she's not your type. She's too fat. It's like, right. you're disgusting. Also, the notion that being Donald Trump's fucking type is an anything but a goddamn blessing are you kidding me what 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 is his type squinty and constantly looking like you were replaced (laughs) by a double (laughs) i mean we should walking around in bad wigs yeah Yeah, right we should all be so lucky to not be donald trump's type i mean my god (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, you know. The, I just want to say, by the way, that she is a fucking kick-ass writer. And I want to. I mean, like, yes. I mean, apart from all this, to hear her perspective is like, wow. I I put there in the place and time. No, uh, when the story started trending on Twitter that day, uh, and I sat down and read it, I was like this is fucking amazing writing. I can't read, wait to read the book. Um, and I've also enjoyed her um, advice column on Elle uh, mm-hmm. from time to time because like, her writing is just so acerbic and just, uh, I think Lewis called it what, like almost like a parody of what you'd think an advice column would be in a movie. In like, like a TV show about yeah. an advice column, like the, whatever the TV show Dirt was about. Yeah. That. It's just so sassy and outlandish. Uh, and I think I, I stand her. Yeah. Uh, and there is a lot to be said, you know, about the fact that like, what do we fucking do? You know, yeah. like, Here's this again. I know, How do we like, talk? Like it's it's donate going to, to roll blank. Off you know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I think you. I mean, a larger problem too is like the degree to which so many men do not care because it's like if that were if whatever the reverse had happened to a man, like I, you know, like if there had been an equally horrific thing happening to a man done by a president, you cannot tell me that shit wouldn't have been plastered everywhere that this would have been in the news cycle constantly. They just don't care and mm-hmm. they don't believe women. No, you feel like you're there's like phantom conversations between men being like, imagine if it was your wife. And like, that's the yeah. that's as good as they can do empathy wise. Yeah. Uh, well, Donald Trump is still still a fuck you. Still, so fuck him. He's still a monster. Uh, fuck him and his whole crew. <laughs> uh, we got Come some, get him, Liz Warren. Come get him. Please. We got some presidential debates coming up this week. Who? Uh, <laughs> by the way, you know a new man announced I cannot believe that. A white guy. Are you kidding me? They, another man named Joe. I got this email when I was in Cabo this weekend and I was like, who the fuck are you? Hey, and God, how did you get my email? In my last keep it, I'm announcing that I'm all <laughs> Also running for president. Why the fuck not? I'm gonna go get on Pod Save America. I, they they just maybe they all want to be on Pod Save America. They're like the only way we'll get booked is if I announce I'm running for president. Imagine wanting to sit down with John Favreau. <laughs> can I just can I just run into that room like into that room, look on those mics and say I'm running for president? And it counts. Can I just do that? None of us are old enough. Right. Oh, that's true. Damn. That's oh true. shit! I forgot there's 35. an age limit on that. Oh yeah. Otherwise, so many more lunatics would be running. Logan Paul would be running for fucking president. Uh, if there weren't that age limit. Uh, but guess I'm excited to see Elizabeth Warren kick ass, even though they put her in that debate that she's in the B team debate. Well, I mean, like, it's not actually the B team, it's like randomly drawn, but, but yes, of course, even... Cory Booker's on it. Yeah, <laughs> okay, God, I that there's two goddamn rounds of this shit is insane. Yeah, we're just gonna sing songs from Rent. Uh, right, yeah, go all around. <laughs> They're gonna do seasons of love. <laughs> Is there gonna be like a story stick? Like they can only talk when like they have the. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least that one seems more uh, palatable to watch than the next night's debate. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg. Is that the better one too? Better. Yeah. All, all of them just yapping on TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why? Is Why? Kamala in that one? Why? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's not against Liz. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's got to sit there with all those chatty white men. Yes. God love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Ski week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she nails that checking her watch gift or whatever. She, yeah. She will deliver some gift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. When we're back, keep it.
And we're back with our favorite segment of the week. It is Keep It. We've been waiting to get here. It's been seven hours. It's taken forever. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, what is your Keep It? I... I, I regret that my keep it isn't longer, but in honor of this being Kara's last episode, I, I made sure it was something I actively An actual, okay, an <laughs> yes. actual keep it. Keep it to the fucking Zodiac. It is all the fuck over my Twitter, including, there was a quote, I, I think I'm getting this tweet right, when I see a cancer, I floor it. That was for me. It sure was. Yeah, fuck cancer. Honey, you do not drive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have a license. And second of all. <laughs> I tell my Uber driver to floor it. I always say that the, that the Zodiac and horoscopes is an excuse for people who want to talk about themselves without the burden of making sense. So they just want to <laughs> fill your fucking time, right? They want to say something, but not anything at all. So you can't actually object to what they're saying. And you and, and also you have to like play along with it. You can't be like, this is fucking bullshit. It's like when someone brings out cards against humanity at a party. You're like, this is stupid. It's not funny. But you have to play and you don't want to be a fuddy duddy. So you have to participate in their fucking bullshit. Have I said this? On, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast or not, but I have a it is a very heteronormative opinion. Not necessarily proud of it. But, oh, here we but go. I when I hear women and like gay men talking about horoscopes i'm fine as soon as a straight man says like well because i'm a leo it just doesn't work for me right and i don't feel good about that mm. you know i would like to i should probably evolve on that but there's something about specifically straight men being into astrology that i just can't do and i'm much more forgiving of everyone else being into it i don't know why it does feel like yeah a game for the, the marginalized shall we say <laughs> well you know your unwillingness to participate oh, we in um other people you know wanting to have fun that detracts from you is oh, just such typical leo behavior oh okay you know? yes I well, mean, right. we both are the energy comes my We're way both leos yeah i guess i just think the zodiac <laughs> is not valuable in a way it could be like nobody looks back on adolf hitler and thinks what an aries you know what I mean? No one cares. Do you have CoStar? Do you no. know what CoStar is? I'm, I'm aware you like get updates about like. Mm -hmm. I have. I I don't. I downloaded it because I was like with some friends and they're like, we can all see each other or whatever. CoStar is rude. CoStar is so rude because for truly, I feel like I've said this before, but for truly like two months, my my alert was always like, this is not a creative period of time for you. <laughs> and I'm like. Well, that's my job, so I hope that this isn't true, co-star. But for like a month, they were like, oh, you're not that creative right now. Wow. So I didn't appreciate that. I've seen your new spec, and yeah, the answer is no. Please. My, my latest co-star update, you are here, breathing, and that's everything. Wait, wow. is and that's everything? Did you add that, or that's what they said? No, they said, and that's everything. This, by the way, okay. also my other problem with horoscopes is the way they're written it's like they're saying everyone deserves the best and de and deserves a good fortune. And how true is that? Well, horoscopes aren't always good. I'm not saying they're always good, but like you read them thinking like, I'm a worthy person. This is going to tell me something about like my destiny. And it's just, I don't think a lot of people deserve that. I think that we are all worthy. You know, I think that, you know, isn't that the theme of pride? Um. Well, selectively, sure. That's hmm. such a... Gemini thing to I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. Leo. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the amount of also like uh, signs of the zodiac that have no actual personality traits associated. Like if you tell me, oh, I'm a Sagittarius, I'm like, you own plants? I have no idea. Okay, but you are not a Sagittarius, but we know so many Sagittariuses. Well, right, because I, we all are born on a calendar month. Right? I'm also exclusively <laughs> friends mostly with them. Sam Swan. 
Our friend Chris Schleicher is one. Uh, they have nothing in common, so that is perfectly illustrating what I'm saying. They both hate commitments. Okay. Not true. Chris always shows up. We need to not talk about our friends like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what? I love Zodiacs. Sorry. The movie Zodiac is okay. It's very long. It's too long. Two and a half stars, I would say. Mm. But a good Hall performance. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give my keep it first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Switch it up a bit. Oh, wow. Switch it up. Go for it. Uh, my keep it is to Kylie Minogue. One of my faves. She's great. One of my faves. She upset me What'd this she week. Do? She gave an interview with Paper Magazine. So she has this new Greatest Hits compilation coming out. Uh, and in it, she has excluded songs from Kiss Me Once. Which is an album that came out about four or five years ago. Yes. And it was a Sia-produced album. I think it's great. She pr- She didn't include any songs from that album. Any songs from it. And when asked by Paper Magazine, she said there was only one hit from that, which was Into the Blue. And she feels in general that with that album, it was a lot of experimentation. It was a tricky time. And she was between America and Australia and just having different A&R. And, you know, she says she doesn't want to bag the album because lovely, beautiful Sia um, was executive <laughs> producing it for wow. her. Lo- beautiful gowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she just thinks at some point the stars were aligned and everything's on your side. And they had their own pattern on that album, let's say. Ooh. She does not like this album. And this album... I think has so many hits. I think it's a pretty good album for hers. But I think the problem is she has she is like an album oriented artist secretly. Of course. And most of her albums are really good. Yeah. So if you're what is this like a three disc compilation? Yeah. In inevitably, based on the sheer amount of albums she has, something would get left out. And I kind of think it's okay that it's this one. That's sort of it. The thing about that is this weird dragging of Sia kind of (laughs) Sia, like one of the greatest songwriters Ever. Lovely, beautiful. Ever. Like Sia, top songwriter of all time. Mm-hmm. It's a little shady towards yeah. Sia. Mm. And I like, do not associate her with shade. So that's kind of unusual. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, she does have a lot of albums. And I think it's also this weird thing where I don't think she knows how much certain songs in her later albums really sort of hit with. American fans, mm-hmm. because also she's not as big here as she is internationally. No, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, there's no reason she would look at uh, 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 what American fans have to say about her stuff, because we're just not the prime demo. I know. You know? She's like, oh, they like, I was going to cancel. Pharrell produced that on this album. Who gives a fuck? I didn't know he <laughs> produced that. Yeah, he did. Oh, well, I love that song. He did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. He did what the girls weren't doing, and he went out and did it. Uh, what are the other Sia, what are the other Sia songs in that album? Uh, I think she he did uh, Lay Sex. Lay Sex. Love that song. Yes. Uh, Into the Blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good album. It's a good. Not album. as good as Body Language, my favorite, or Fever, which I'm really re obsessed with. Yes, I mean I think Body Language is my favorite as mm-hmm. well. It always goes between that and X. Uh, by the way, it took me forever to like X, and now like a drug of that album. Lives up to its name. Lives well, up to its name. Well, it's going to be our pop music anthem when we're at World Pride this week. We sure fucking will be there. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to die in New York City. No, guys. Uh, I mean, what will Actually, I there, do? Won't, there, there won't be a podcast. Carol will be gone. Lewis and I will die at World Pride. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> 
I'm going to get into a throuple with some like ripped Hungarians. Get ready for it. All right. You'll never see me again. All right. Great. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to cry for you. Okay. (laughs) Kara. My key bit. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So my key bit is to Kim Kardashian's new shapewear line. Now, who is that? That is a sentence. Now, unless one of these bodysuits comes with a 70% off coupon to her plastic surgeon, (laughs) I do not know what she thinks she is doing with this shapewear line. My other favorite thing, so she announced it, and like one good thing about it is it goes up to 4XL, Except she has none of those models in the campaign. Like all the models are women who don't look like they need anything squeezed in or tucked or whatever. This plus size. It's just it's in the other room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then she also tweeted something. She's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm so excited. We needed this, which we didn't need this. Who's we? Right. She goes, I just used to have such trouble finding shapewear in my skin tone. Bitch, you're white. That shit's all in your skin tone. Also, shapes is not colors. Right. It just the 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 I couldn't find it in my skin tone. Do you mean after you slathered that black face cream on yourself? Whew. That new bronzer, whatever she that mixed girl tanner she's trying to put on herself? Then yeah, maybe you couldn't find your coloring. Your coloring, that's the color of Spanx, girl. That's the color. They had it in your color. Is this just literally like Spanx? It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, well, one thing that she did do that's kind of clever is, so let's say you're wearing an asymmetrical gown, you know, uh, where, I'm there. yes, where one side is higher up than the other. Awesome. She has, she has a pair where on the longer side, there's like a short and on the shorter side, it's higher cut, like, you know, underwear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, again, not sure. Mm. How necessary that was, but it's mostly Lynn Nada just intimate apparel over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a Lynn Nada. I just I belong. You know, I she has done what she has wanted to do to her body, which is fine. But this continued like that's not why you look the way you do because of shapewear. You look the way you do because of surgery. Um, and don't lie to us with these fucking spank knockoffs. Do you know what always um, appears on my, I guess, Instagram feed or Facebook feed is like, like male underwear that like gives you a butt, like rounder bum or I've, whatever. I've seen that, which is fair. They, they make they make male Spanx. That like kind of plays some, to me. Like they, I think they do like a slimming T-shirt kind of thing so that things hang nicely. Yeah. On on the gentleman, um, maybe Kanye will have his shapewear line will come out after after Kim's. God help us all. Can't wait to buy some MAGA shapewear. MAGA shapewear after you you join his cult. (laughs) (laughs) He flies you all to Guyana. Yeah. And then you can all be snatched like an Instagram influencer. Great. I mean, I'd love to sell fit tea. So let me go out and buy some. Yeah. It's like the, the, it's all of the lies, you know, not to get to, not to sound too much like a certain body positive activist on Twitter, but you know, with like this, this Camila Kamal. Yeah, that's her. That's mm, her. Love her. Um, Loved her on the uh, the Good Wife. It falls in line with like the skinny tea that you know they don't drink, and it falls like the shapewear that like whatever you kind of needed, but that's not why your body looks the way it does. It looks the way it does because you have like chefs and again mostly plastic surgeons, mm-hmm. um, and it's just very tiring. And you know what, Kim. 
you're white also. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated fact about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I just... And not one of your top 10. <laughs> Couldn't be True. True. Yes. Top 100? No. <laughs> <laughs> if she ran out of names to think of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think it is entirely appropriate that your last keep it is Kim Kardashian. Right, right. <laughs> It just feels full circle. The storybook, yeah, closes. It's nice. <laughs> we'll, 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 br- we'll bring you back when she r- announces her run for president. Oh, dear So you God. can do that. Keep it. I'll have already had a brain in you. <laughs> I won't be able to do it. Uh, well, that is our episode. Thank you to Whitney Cummings and Kara Ben Brown. I know. Well, you know, also, so this is it. And I didn't, I was, I was waiting until this final episode, but um, to all the people that were in my um, Instagram and Twitter mentions. <laughs> um, fear the not. Russians. Yes, yes. Um, I was, I wanted to say, you know, I'm not really going anywhere because I'm going to be developing a new show with Crooked. So I'll be around eventually. Not sure right. when, but yeah. So there you go, guys. Is it just you teaching Tommy Veter about it's, new reasons to dislike him, Kardashian? It's just me reading books out loud to, <laughs> to Tommy and to John. Yeah. Mm, written by J.K. Rowling. Exactly. Yes, the, the the Harry Potter deep cuts. I'm just going to read Harry Potter books on a podcast every week. Great. Yeah. <laughs> How Ravenclaw. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a Slytherin. No shit. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Can you leave too? <laughs> I'm beloved and witty, so I'm the other one. Uh, all right. <laughs> and that was the end of Keep It Forever. <laughs> the show's not coming back. <laughs> Bye. Keep It is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadine Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.